Okay, uh, just a couple of things before we get started. Uh, I, I did make a little handout. It's back there on the camera thing, in case you're interested, because I wrote down a few of the things that we, I want to talk about. Um, but just the question, obviously your presence here tonight, um, it's already been on your mind about preparing. And so I'm not going to spend any time trying to convince you that that's a good thing to do. Uh, if you've kept your eyes open, your spiritual eyes and ears open, uh, you know our world, our world is in a lot of trouble. Uh, it's, it's very precarious. But someone might just say, okay, maybe they would ask you, why, sh- why in the world should I prepare? Uh, first of all, one of the scriptures that I always love is, I have it written here, Proverbs uh, 22.3, uh, kind of a key verse for me. My wife laughs when she sees this because she knows this is me. It says, a prudent person foresees the danger and takes precautions. A simpleton goes blindly on and then suffers the consequences. And that Last part, blindly goes on, that's pretty well, uh, unfortunately, the majority of people. Uh, Everybody has made the assumption that life is going to go on the way it is now, and it's going to go on that way forever. However, um, I don't believe that's going to be the case. Now, let me just talk about life, the first 200 years of our nation's history. Um, our, our nation lived as a way of life prepared. They lived prepared. Uh, they did not go to the store, and if you're old enough, you know what I'm talking about. They didn't go to the store every day. Uh, they didn't go every other day. They might go stock up for a month. Uh, and if you, if you lived a little far out or in the mountains or in the cold area, you might stock up for three or four months. So it was nothing. I mean, and early on in our country's history, they would can, they would stockpile, they would have a root cellar, uh, and they weren't looking for a national emergency. Uh, it was just that the supplies were not always that uh, easy to get. And a major change in our nation happened <laughs> Unfortunately, when Walmart came in, uh, when Walmart came into being, they introduced a whole new spectrum of doing business. And, and since they did it, everyone else has jumped on board. And that is, up until the, that time, somewhere in the 70s, nearly every store, grocery store, retail stores, uh, big stores, they had storerooms in the back. And they had stock rooms. And when they ran out on the shelves, they went in the back and they got what they needed and they put it back on the shelf. Well, that doesn't happen anymore. Now, that's not the marketing style that anybody, they don't want to have the expense of having money sitting on a shelf. So they count on sometimes daily, every other day or weekly shipments coming in with trucks coming in to resupply. In fact, They've got it so computerized, most of them, as soon as you reach up and you check something out at a store, 
the computer tells uh, the main computer that that is being bought, and when it gets down, the level gets to a certain level, then the computer says, okay, order 44 more of these because they're running low on that. And without a person ever ordering it, a computer already orders that. And so the shipping is on the way, and it comes in, and you've probably been to Target or Walmart or someplace, and, and you've seen them at night. What are they doing? They're stocking their shelves from the shipments that come in in the evenings. Well, that's all based on assumption. That's based on the assumption that supplies are always going to be plentiful. Things are always going to be there. Shipments are always going to run. There's always going to be a lot of gas and diesel for shipments. But I just want you to understand, our supply chain is extremely delicate. It's extremely tenuous. Uh, It would not take a whole lot of events to happen. If y'all were here during, uh, not Katrina, but during Gustav, that's when we got a direct hit. Y'all remember that it was uh, two weeks at least uh, while most people did not have power, and if you didn't have cash money, you didn't go and get anything at the store, and when you went there, you went to Cane's or Chick-fil-A or even some of them that they had a generator running, only cash, and you only had one choice, <laughs> you know, one or two choices, you know, not a lot of choices. So, and the reason you couldn't go back and buy things is because the supply chain couldn't get in, the, tr- the trucks couldn't get in, or they were out, uh, or the roads were not allowed, or they didn't have power to get things in. So if one small hurricane can s- disrupt the power, ch- the supply chain, uh, just think if a major event happened in our nation. I'm not here to preach gloom and doom. Uh, I'm just saying that... As a way of life, uh, my wife and I have lived a way of life of being prepared. Uh, I don't see it as uh, being afraid. I don't see it as a lack of faith. I just see it as a way of life. Uh, And so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some of those things that to me are practical. uh, And the reality is, based upon your financial situation, you may may be able to do Some of these things, you may not be able to do some of these things. You just have to kind of pick and choose what fits your situation and what you can do, adapt that to your situation. But I will say, uh, the chance of a chaotic event leading up to the November elections and preceding that are very high. I believe there are forces in this United States that look, to take advantage of the election of either Trump or Hillary. doesn't really matter. Uh, somebody's going to be really unhappy, <laughs> no matter who gets elected. And I think that there are forces that are planned and prepared to produce chaos, potentially anarchy, uh, and any of those things could disrupt the supply chain. And you would have a hard time going and buying anything at a Walmart, any grocery store, Rouse's or whatever, because they would have a hard time getting it. Now, I'm not going to sit here and talk about all the scenarios of what could happen. Just suffice it to say that I do believe there are a lot of things, uh, economic collapse, who, know, who knows what. But let's just talk about some things 
um, that you can do as Christians. Again, Proverbs 22.3, prudent man, you look ahead, you see the potential dangers, and you prepare yourself. Uh, and so if, if you just believe kind of blindly, kind of like it says, then you don't do anything. So the very first thing is food. How many of you like to eat? <laughs> so there are a lot of things you can do about food. First of all, stock up some extra. Every time you go to the store, buy extra. Um, and, and find a closet. Uh, we found under the beds to be a great place to put extra food. First of all, it's inside the house, so it's air-conditioned. Out in the garage... It's a little iffy, you know, because it gets hot out there. But we buy those uh, Tupperware things that are about like that, about that long, about that high and long and that, and then put food in those, put them under the bed, and it presents a pretty good place to store things if you don't have other junk (laughs) underneath your bed already. Uh, Or if you've got better, if you've got a food closet, a pantry, even better. Uh, Maybe you can get, uh, you know, a... some sort of food stories. This is a big uh, seven-gallon can that Sam sells, 30-day supply of food, uh, freeze-dried food, uh, fairly reasonable. A lot of places, uh, online you get freeze-dried food, uh, lots of places. But I really believe you're wise if you'll put aside a minimum of 60 days of food for your family uh, so that if you were in a pinch you, you couldn't get to the grocery store. You, you and your family could eat, and you could also help others. And that's part of my goal in this, is that I don't want to just hoard up for me and my, and my family. I want to be able to, you know, we have a biblical responsibility to help widows, disabled, uh, children that can't take care of themselves, people that are in a situation where they can't, do for themselves, we have a responsibility to reach out and help them and be a blessing to them. So, uh, again, first thing is think about what you can do as far as storing up some extra food. Uh, When we do it, obviously, you need kind of get it organized so that you can uh, rotate the dates, make sure you're eating the oldest stuff first so that it doesn't get too old. Uh, you know, kind of stack, if you'll stack it in there uh, so that you're always picking from the oldest canned food yet. And and in a practical sense, buy the stuff you like to eat, you know. Don't buy weird stuff just because it's on bargain. <laughs> it doesn't do you much good if you don't like it or you're not going to eat it or your kid's not going to eat it. But, you know, non-perishables are excellent. Uh, make sure you have, like, flour, sugar, baking soda, uh, you know, uh, th- those types of things that hopefully will last a pretty good long amount of time. Uh, so any thoughts on, we're going to move from area to area, and I want to kind of gain from anything that you have. So any thoughts on food? Yes, Dickie.
How many, how many of you can food? Any canning? Yeah, good. You do can. Uh, some have even gone into freeze drying. I know Keith back there. Where's Keith? Hey, Keith. Uh, do we have, do we ever get a picture of that freeze dryer? Did we get that, Chuck? Yeah, that is actually about the size of a mini refrigerator. Now, it's a little pricey, uh, about $3,000. Maybe one or two or three or four people could go in together, and they free, you can freeze-dry your own food. That's a vacuum pump on the right-hand side there, and you put it inside that, and whatever food you, you want, just about anything, you can freeze-dry it. Uh, and it can be, then you can put it in a vacuum seal, and it, it's, you know, that's what you pay for when you go down to Sam's and all these other, you buy the freeze-dried food. Well, these things, uh, they actually are freeze-dryers themselves. So, you know, it is maybe a little impractical for one person to buy that. That's a lot of money for that. But maybe three or four people might get together and do something like that. That's a possibility. Leah? Yeah, as long as, and, and the key thing, of course, just way back when, you, when the people can, you, you just make, have to make sure your, your cans are sanitary, you know, you boil those things, the cans are boiled, the tops are boiled, so everything, there's no germs, and then it seals in there, if you know what I'm talking about, you pop, put that top on it, 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 it sucks it in there, and it's basically airtight then. And a lot of things can be kept that way, non-refrigerated for a long period of time. Yeah, you got a hand back there, yes. No? Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. So they're talking about uh, canning. Let me uh, see. Did we have another microphone so maybe if somebody makes a comment? Where is it? Thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, so if you, if you make a comment, maybe you could uh, do it with a microphone. Yes. So dry canning. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to let you say that again. <laughs> you want me to say it again? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's called dry canning. You can in mason jars in the oven. You can can flour, cornmeal, beans, rice, and anything that's dry. And it lasts, it has a long shelf life because the oven kills all the larvae. And it's a good way to store it because talking about electricity, we may not have electricity to keep it in a fridge or in air conditioning. Okay. So this, you can keep it anywhere. Good. 
Yeah, mason jars. Let me just give you one other thought. Um, you go down to Lowe's, buy a five-gallon bucket. Uh, they, they're the blue ones down at... And then you buy... Uh, it's a screw-on lid. What do we do? Okay, thank And they have a screw-on lid that not pops on, but it screws on. So you can do it on and off. Uh, and then if you want to store things like cereal, flour, anything like that, buy some silica gel packets. You can order those online. And what they do, uh, they take out moisture. Or you can put in the nitrogen packs. You can order those online, and they bring in nitrogen. And they will accomplish the same thing that she's talking about. It kills and and presents, if it's nitrogen packs, it will make an atmosphere where nothing can live, no bacteria, whatever. Moisture, uh, the silica gel just sucks all the moisture. And moisture is where a lot of the stuff comes from that messes food up. So the drying, putting in a mason jar uh, in an oven, that will accomplish the same thing. But you have to get it, if, and you get these uh, five-gallon buckets with a screw-on lid, you have to get them on tight and then put those things in there and then screw it on tight, and it will accomplish the same thing. Uh, you know, we put aside quite a few things in those five-gallon buckets and put those silica gel things in there. So... Uh, you can do a lot of research on the, on online, t- different ways to preserve food, take care of food, um, and and we we'll, we'll jump from from food to power because they're kind of interconnected. And it is true what she just said, and that is it is a good chance that we could be without power. Um, yes, Renee. All right. Every year I buy some, and I put them in different jars, label them, and then I do take these silica uh, packs that come with whatever. I'll put them in there, and I've got seeds like from 2011, mm-hmm. you know, that I've started. So if you garden, you know, you got your own. It takes a little while, mm-hmm. but you still be able to grow your own, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think yeah, actually seeds. I think some of the seeds can actually last 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years if they're kept dry. They don't get moisture in there. They'll last a long time. I think they've actually found some seeds that are up to a, a several hundred years old uh, as long as they're kept dry in a situation. So seeds are a good thing to, to store back, to purchase, put back, or you can keep your own seeds from your other vegetables that you're growing. And talk about food. Good idea, plant a garden. Uh, if you're going to plant stuff, plant trees that produce something. Uh, plant a garden. For The older you get, the less inclined you are to want to get down. So we've started building raised beds gardens that are about this high, you know. Uh, I, I like to build them about waist high. Uh, just build them out of cedar boards with two bef- uh, pressure-treated two-by-fours for the legs. Put... Uh, you know, four legs and then one in the middle uh, and have a, a bed about that thick with cedar boards or fence boards or something like that and then put in soil inside of that 
And, uh, you know, we, we, can, we found we can grow quite a bit that way. And we thank God we don't have to get down on our hands and knees. Uh, it's right there. I love it. You know, so we have those all in our backyard. And if, if you're under 40, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But if you're over 40, you will appreciate not having to get down uh, very, very deep. So, okay. So, uh, grow. Yes. Uh, just from my personal experience uh, since Gustav, uh, we started buying a lot of extra canned foods. But it, through the years, it became a lot of work rotating, keeping fresh canned foods. But the uh, freeze-dried foods you buy now are really not expensive. They're delicious compared to MREs. And they're all prepackaged uh, uh, in containers for storage for 25 years. Yeah. And for the average person just to dedicate a closet to and have a that's true. A lot of freeze-dried food in it to, to feed your neighborhood is uh, very easy and anyone can do, and, and it's not very expensive. Yeah. You're talking about the MREs. No, the freeze-dried. The like freeze-dried. Like the stuff you showed from Sam's and yeah. a lot of different places have yeah. it now. It's the simplest and way. It, it is, and also uh, if you go by the instructions, it takes energy, you have to boil it, water, yeah. but it's not necessary. In an emergency situation, you can just let it soak in water for two hours yeah. And it's, it's at room temperature and yeah. can be eaten just as is. Yeah. So if you follow the instructions, you need the energy to, to boil the water and to put it all in, but it's really not necessary. That's if you want to eat it in 20 minutes. Yeah. But Good. if you have an emergency situation and you don't have the energy or the power to, to boil water or all of yeah. that, you can just put the water in it. I'm in. glad you mentioned that because uh, the other thing, if you're going to have food, you always want to be able to heat that up. Well... You need an outdoor grill uh, with gas bottles, some extra gas bottles, um, or an open burner type thing. Now, everybody down in the South Louisiana just about has some burners that they boil seafood. Well, that'd be great. You can make, you can cook off of that. They make uh, grills that just have a couple of burners that sit upon legs. Those are great things to have. So just have something that's not tied to electricity. That's the main thing. Uh, because just just imagine what it would be like to be without electricity for one month. Now, think what it would be like to be without it for two months. Now, think what it would be like to be without it for one year. You know, a major hit on our grid system could bring it down and and fry, if it's an EMP... It could fry lots of things, and you could be without electricity for upwards of a year. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying there's always the potential. So just, just have something you can cook with. And, you know, if, and I have it on the thing there. If you love coffee, <laughs> everybody's gotten used to their Keurig uh, uh, machines. Well, have, make sure you have an old-fashioned percolator. Y'all remember what percolators are? Or French press, hey, make sure you've got a, one of those uh, because th- you're not going to have coffee if all you've ever gotten or all you have is something that plugs into the wall, uh, you're going to be up Salt Creek. You need to have something that you can take the, the hot water, put it at the burner, pour it in there, and you've got hot coffee, and you're okay. Life will go on, and we can handle almost any emergency if you can have your cup of coffee in the morning. So that's kind of where the tying in 
uh, of power and, and the food is, is kind of tied in there. Okay. Somebody else. Yes, Connie. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Here we go. You got a microphone, lady. Okay. I've been preaching to my husband for about six or seven years about water. Water is a big, big concern for me. I do have a well on my property, but you wouldn't want to drink that water. Yeah. And I'm sure we could do some kind of way of getting the water out and purifying it. But that is my biggest concern above okay. food. Good. Let's so, talk about water. Uh, first of all, just a few, few things about water. Uh, if you have jugs of water, gallon jug of water, don't throw that jug away. Refill that thing and store it. Uh, and I know that's a little expensive, but at the same time, uh, store up as much water as you can. Now, utilize the rainwater in your guttering system. Now, let me show you what I have at my house. Uh, this is off the shed in my back of my house. That's an 1,100-gallon tank that I bought down at Coburn's. And you notice how I have the guttering. Uh, Guttering comes down, and then I have a four-inch PVC goes all the way down to the bottom with a little L and then a clean-out. Well, that clean-out is so that when something comes off the roof, the water comes off the roof, then all the silt and the dirt and trash and leaves, it goes down in that bottom part, and then I have the thing closed down there. And so that is basically going to collect down there. And then once that fills up, then you see where it's going, and it heads on and goes into the tank. So at all times, I've got 1,100 gallons. And, then, and beyond that, can you show the other picture, the other side of my tank? Yeah. Now I've got my overflow comes out of there and fills up two 55-gallon drums. So at any point, I have 1,200, uh, about 1,300 gallons of water. Now, the thing of it is, I treat that regularly. Uh, because if just black uh, tanks sitting there, algae is going to collect. But uh, if you one, I found to be one fourth gallon of bleach in that particular tank purifies it pretty well. And then I come out of that with a uh, a pump, a half inch pump, and then it runs through two filters. One is a coarser, and then another one is a finer filter. And then that can, come, that can hook directly into my house water so that I can flip a valve and uh, I can have an alternate source of water. And if I want to drink it, I, I, bought, I purchased it, but I hadn't hooked it up. And that is, it's an, the best way to purify water today is an ultraviolet uh, system, is that water actually runs through uh, this tube and it has ultraviolet light in it. And that ultraviolet light will actually kill any bacteria, any harmful things. And if you've already filtered out all the particulates with the filters, then it's just a matter of killing that, the harmful stuff. And by the time it comes into your house, you can drink the stuff. So it's coming off your roof, off your guttering system. It's not real hard uh, to hook up. Uh, it's just a matter of valves and stuff like that. And then you, you do need to get a pump. And then that brings up the other thing. Well, what if... That's that's a 120-volt pump that I have hooked into it. But you can also purchase... Uh, these are basically amazing things. These are... 
if you have an RV camper, you have one of these in there. This is a 12-volt DC pump. Uh, Every camper RV has one of these, and that's the way it pumps the water. And so at your house, if you have a few solar panels and a battery, uh, a deep cell battery, and one of these, then you can have you can pump that water anywhere you want because this is just 12 volts, just positive, negative, goes to those, goes to the battery, uh, and then the battery is charged by the solar panel. Uh, I have one of my solar panels uh, over there. That's about a hundred watt uh, solar panel. I, I'm a great proponent of solar. I've been actually buying solar panels and using it for about 30 years. Uh, I, I started doing solar at the very beginning when they first started creating solar panels, back when they were about that thin and about that tall and they were very expensive. Uh, and today, I don't have any more roof left than where I can put solar panels. I filled up all my south and east uh, roofing. I have uh, over 9,000 watts worth of solar panels on my house and my electric uh, bill is about $50 for a 3,900-square-foot home. Uh, so, I'm not, number one, I'm cutting down the electricity that I'm paying for, plus I have a separate system. Um, and again, all this is, you just have to work on it, but you can actually, they've started developing all kinds of things that are run off 12 volts. Uh, I have a picture of my freezer. I have a couple of freezers here. That is a Sundanzer freezer. It is a 12-volt freezer. It works off a car battery. And they cost about $1,100. They're a little expensive. But I I have those, and I have them full to the brim, uh, several of them. And the principle is power goes from your solar panel, goes to a charge controller. I have a picture of my That's a charge controller. That's the one I have, the Xantrex. It comes into that, and then it goes from there down into your batteries, uh, and then from your batteries to your to your solar refrigerator. They they come in. They're starting to make solar refrigerators and solar freezers uh, operating on 12 volts because they've figured out a lot of people are going to solar, and so that's one way to do it. So there's a whole other way of powering things that are totally independent. Uh, all these things, these these freezers that I have, they're not tied into the electricity at all. Uh, and if we had a hurricane, they would just keep going. Uh, I've been running them for now four years, uh, and no tie-in to the electricity company whatsoever. They're a little pricey. Uh, you know, the solar panels, uh, normally the typical price is they go for about $100, excuse me, a dollar a watt uh, is the typical price today. So that's a 100-watt panel there goes for about $100. But it's a couple of places, and this is just an alternative. Um, you can get it for as low as 50 cents a watt, but you have to order them in bulk. You have to get them shipped. And that's the way I got my big panels to my house is you buy them by the pallet, and they freight them in on a side freight line or something like that. And then you can get them, you have to buy a minimum of 10 panels at a time and you get them for about 50 cents a watt. So that's half the price what you're going to... If you go on line on Amazon, you can buy 
a 100-watt panel for approximately $100, something like that in that ballpark. And that's really not that bad. Uh, four years ago, they were $500. So you can see they've been coming down. Uh, but by ordering in bulk through the right companies, then you can get them even cheaper. So I know that's not for everybody, uh, but I love piddling with it and, and, and thinking of what I can power uh, <laughs> with solar because it's amazing all the things that, you, that are, they're producing now with 12 or 24 volts. Vicki? Uh, one of the panels, uh, they, they really don't have a lifespan as far as years. I've been having some that are 30 years old and they're still producing fine. Um, they do diminish over time, especially the older models of, uh, but these newer ones, they're much more efficient, um, easily last 25 to 30 years. I don't, and maybe longer because the great thing, the reason I love solar over, uh, windmills and things like that is there's no moving parts, you know, unless it hit by hail or lightning, uh, it's just going to keep producing. So I'm a great, and I'm not, a, I'm not selling any solar. <laughs> I'm not selling anything, by the way. There isn't, you know, no salesman here. I'm just telling you what I've done in my personal life. This is a way that I've cut down on my electricity bill, but I'm also being prepared because I like the idea uh, that if the electricity went off, that I would be able to not have to be worried about my freezers and refrigerators. So, yes, Gary? Plan A is to do all of this, right? And plan B would be to go to your house? <laughs> is that right? <laughs> Vicki? <laughs> uh, l- l- let, me, let me address that. I love you too, Brother Gary. Let me, let me just say this. yeah the personal protection part I want to say this about the church the church of the Lord Jesus Uh, one of the reasons that we have been given the church one of the reasons Jesus created the church was that we would help one another that we are community we are a family and from my worth and from my perspective the more people in the church who are doing everything they can to prepare the better because I already understand the realities that there's a certain amount of people who are not going to do a thing (laughs) they're just not or they can't financially they can't some reason they can't or won't and there is if there are difficult times ahead, which I do believe that is, is coming, then what are the great benefits of the local church is that we can help one another. Your strengths help my weakness. And my strengths help your weakness. And so although you're kidding in a way, Gary, in a way you were, There is going to be a lot of us helping one another and supplying each other. If I have lots of green beans, 
and you have lots of coffee, eggs, we may do some barter, come on over to my house, or I was able to kill a deer last week and got some deer meat, and you've got some shrimp, we're going to do some trading so we can both have some. And that's what the body of Christ is all about. It's not about hoarding, it's not about greed, it's not about fear, it's just the practical realities that we are a family, we are a community, and we want to help one another. And I want to tell you, folks, you live in one of the best places in the whole world for the world to come crashing down. <laughs> a place where we have abundant sunshine, abundant resources, and we eat everything that moves. <laughs> Just about. And so... We live in a great place. Just thank God you don't live in New York City, Baltimore, Philadelphia, Chicago, or any other place. What are they going to do? I don't even want to think about what they're going to do. If they lose their food and lose their amenities, I don't even want to think what it's going to be. It's going to be a war zone. So that aside, uh, this is where the church comes to step up. And we help one another. We're a blessing to one another. Uh, but at the same time, if somebody, and, and I did put a little personal protection in there. <laughs> My wife said, put wasp spray and, and, uh, and, and, and pepper spray. I put down the gun. <laughs> I ain't going to be using wasp spray, I guarantee you. <laughs> somebody breaks into harm me and my family. I ain't going to be spraying anything. <laughs> but, but at the same time, you know, I'm not going to get into that, what you do and what you don't do. I'm just saying be led by the Holy Spirit. But if somebody comes to do harm, you need to be ready and willing to protect yourself. And we, ha- we have sheriffs and police departments all over America who are saying, in essence, don't call us. Because there's no way we can protect all of the city. Even a town like us, 50,000 people. 100,000 if you add Thibodeau and all the surrounding areas. There's not enough police officers and sheriff's departments to defend you should things get crazy. You're going to have to protect your own family. So, you know, this is where we help one another. Yes, Gus and then Leah. Um, go back to your water. If your water, if you got plastic drums that you have there, paint them black. Yeah. Don't have those clear plastic ones. Yeah. Mine's, I had to paint it black to keep the allergy out. We've been drinking that water for the last 15 years yeah. out of it. We never ran out. And uh, also keep it in the shade as much as possible, because the shade will keep the allergy from growing. Yeah. yeah. The less sun that hits it, the better. You're exactly right. Paint it black and put it under shade if possible. Um, excellent idea. Just nothing. It's not, not something I've done, but I do know that that will help it to have less sun. It. Sun is what heats it up and where causes the algae to grow. Leah, you had your hand up. 
like if you have a little you store gas on your property, you have a, a bicycle with a little motor. You're your talking about transportation. Well, you know, we might do a lot of walking. We might do a lot of bicycling uh, and energy efficient vehicles. Uh, you know, it might be difficult to get gas. I don't know. Um, there are just so many things you can get prepared for and some things you can't. Yes. Yeah. It takes 300-watt panels to run one of my freezers. Yeah, it takes three of those. Approximately 300 watts of power. They say about 250, but I found to be practicality about 300 watts of power. Uh, And I've I've been through every kind of battery in the world (laughs) over my years of storing up. And I just want to say, AGM closed cell batteries are the best. I, I, I used to use golf cart batteries. You buy them down at Sam's or whatever. It's a hassle to have to always be worrying about the water level in those batteries. And I've gotten away from that. And you can buy the AGM deep cell batteries. They're sealed. It's a gel. And I buy them in the 100 amp hour. It's about this big, by this big, by that big, weigh about 75 pounds. You can get them shipped to your house today for about $150. And they're 12 volts, and you, it, it's amazing what you can run on one battery. Now, I have 12 of them, all hooked into 24 volts in series, uh, but I store a lot of power because so, I'm running uh, six refrigerators. Yeah. Hi, Brother Renee. Um, concerning um, cisterns being off the grid, if you will, and things like that, with the encroaching government regulations, I have friends and. Baltimore, you mentioned yeah. that a little while ago. They're moving to Colorado. Uh, a lot of them are dealing also with the thought of NASA and the uh, projected Planet X, Nibiru, passing, passing through right. in relation to Revelations thirteen four, and possibly a tremendous activity and chaos on this planet. And for people preparing for what you're doing right now, Really, they're really taking this super serious that um, the government's going to clamp down and, it, and that they're not even allowing cisterns in some areas. They're not even allowing some people to get off the grid and utilize self-sufficiency. Um, I'm concerned about this. I really am. And if you, if you can e- uh, ease my thoughts on that, I'd appreciate it. If you have any information, please. They'll, ha- they'll have to come get it. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't not taking mine away. <laughs> I, let me just say this. Yeah, I've heard, I've read all those articles about what the government might do, and they might come in and stop this, and they come in and stop that. But I want to tell you, realistically, in the same way that it's impossible for all the police to police everybody, there is no way that they're going to come in and check to see if everybody's storing up water in their backyard. It's just physically impossible. Uh, I think in some situations, 
Yeah, that's, that has been the case. They actually, in some states, in, in fact, there are some states it is against the law to uh, gather your rainwater. Yeah, or dig a well. But Louisiana, we have no problem there. And I don't think we're going to run into that problem. You know, Louisiana, Texas, Mississippi, Alabama, uh, I don't think they're going to mess with us down here. Just, just not a good place to come down and start doing a lot of regulating, if you know what I'm talking about. I, I, just, I just think they're going to stay away. Chicago, maybe. But here, I just doubt it. So I, you know, I'm not worried about that. And again, it just, you can just get so prepared. And, you know, let me just, I want to say this. Don't go overboard in this. Don't, don't go in fear. Don't walk, out after you, and don't walk out of here and say, oh, my goodness, the world's going to fall apart. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just trying to be practical, um, be prepared, do what you can, uh, and in as many areas as you can. I think one thing I put on there, and that is for, if you've got babies, have some cloth diapers. I know that's an, a phenomenon for some people, but believe it or not, most of us grew up with cloth diapers. <laughs> so if the stores are closed, you're not going to have disposable diapers if you've got little babies. You better have some cloth, cloth diapers and some pins. You know, you got to have something to hang them on there. And, and you'll have to learn a whole new method of putting those babies on there. So um, just practical things, you know, you can do things. Um, and my, the way... My wife and I look at it. It's a way of life. Uh, let me just show something. Somebody brought this. Uh, Matt brought this. They're coming out with all kinds of stuff. This is called a water bob. Uh, and it actually fits inside your bathtub. Uh, 20 bucks on Amazon. Fill up your uh, water, your bathtub. And then it has its own little pump. And you can pump water out of your bathtub into whatever you need, uh, wherever you need to get it. Now, this would be good temporarily for a hurricane or something like that. But long term, if you want to take a bath, it, would <laughs> it wouldn't be much good. Uh, but, you know, again, there, there again, uh, I, I'm thinking, you know, most of the time, yeah, the biggest thing that we're going to deal with is a, is a hurricane. But I, I just want to say that there's a chance that it's going to be more than a hurricane. Yes, Vicky. Yeah, the filter, I have a picture of my filter. I love these filters. Called a British Berkfeld, uh, number one uh, filter in the world, all, all over the world. Uh, they have four ceramic filters inside of it. They're about that big. You pour the water from your tap. You just pull that top off. Pour the, you can pour two gallons of water in that top part. It soaks through those ceramic filters and gets in the stainless steel bottom part, and then you just open up the spigot. We've been using this for two or three, four years, uh, you know, and we don't throw little water bottles away. We reuse those water bottles, filter all our water like this, come out of the tap. Actually, we have two filters, one on our water system underneath the counter, and then we take that and refilter it here. And those ceramic filters are amazing because they kill bacteria, they filter out particulate. They're, they're very high quality. You can read up on them. 
one of the best rated water filters in the world. They cost about 250 bucks. They're, they're pricey. But uh, we haven't, you know, you don't have to buy as many water bottles. Uh, and it, it really kills lots of stuff that would be harmful even out of tap water. So I'm a great believer and a good, hey, there are all kinds of water filters out there. That's just one of the ones I found, did a little, little research and found that was a pretty good one, and we have, we have two of them. Yes, Larry? I don't think there's any place locally you can buy those. You probably have to get those online. I, I bought mine off eBay, Amazon. Just type in British Berkfeld. Uh, now, they make a Berkeley uh, filter. It's a little different. I don't know if it's the same company or not, but it's not the quality this one is. Uh, and, and this is, we get this, we keep this one going. Every morning when I get up to go get coffee, I'll take a gallon jug and I'll pour a couple of, uh, fill up the top part. And then I'm doing, you know, filling up gallon jugs in the bottom part. So we always have two or three, four gallons around the house, make coffee with and things like that. So that everything that we drink comes out of there. Yeah, Freddie. Uh, actually, it's a lifetime filter. You never change them. What you do is you uh, take those. It has a nut on the bottom of it, and you unscrew that, and the ceramic thing gets out, and then you just take kind of a brush or a rag, soft rag, and you just brush that off, uh, and it lasts forever. There's four of them. You can get them with two or four, um, but the four is much better than the two filters a lot quicker uh, with four versus two. So actually, you never replace those. You can, but we, we haven't because there's no need. We just take them out and clean them. You, when, once they start looking dirty, you just clean them out a little. Yes? Yeah, Renee, as far as the uh, refrigeration is concerned, you can buy these little $100 uh, refrigerators that can go in the back of your car. They plug into that, uh, the 12 volts, they plug right in. They've also got Igloo makes, I think it's Igloo, makes a, a 12-volt cooler yeah. that you can put in the back. Yeah, and, and see, all that's exactly right. They're making these coolers, uh, water coolers, and, I mean, just like a 48-gallon uh, ice chest and just has a 12-volt plug. Right. Well, one of those solar panels will run that with ease. Matter of fact, you can take a 50-watt panel, we'll, we'll power those. Right. So and another thing uh, is all the, all the police officers. Yeah, and and, and again, that that's a way uh, you you could you could have that. You know, those are made for driving down the road, and you plug them in your cigarette lighter, and you keep the cooler cool. But again, that's something you could have at your house. Again, good to have. You know, I set it up in my garage, where I have the solar panels on top of my garage. Comes into my controller, controller into my batteries. From my batteries, go different places, inverters. Uh, now, the, and just, I don't know, I don't want to get over your head here, but there are two ways for solar power to be used. One is off-grid. The other is on the grid. I have both. Your own grid is called a grid tie inverter. Uh, that's what helps your meter uh, run. It'll actually spin backwards. Uh, you have to get permission for that, but it'll actually spin backwards. And it has to go from your grid company, 240 volts, into your inverter. From your solar panels, 
into the inverter. It converts it to usable electricity and then goes back into the, the utility system and you begin to produce power. Uh, and so that's a way you reduce your electricity in your bill. And you see all these power companies, I mean, solar power companies, uh, you know, they lease them, uh, they sell them. Me, I've done it all myself. It's so simple. Hey, you can hardly mess it up. Just positive and negative uh, male-female plugs in the back, you you can't do do it wrong uh, because they won't fit wrong. And so real simple, uh, I've done it all myself, uh, so it's not that difficult. Now, off-grid is the kind of freezer that I was talking about, running a freezer. And that is where it goes from the solar panel to the charge controller to the battery. From the battery goes different places. One of them would be my freezers and refrigerators. Uh, another one would be maybe a pump that's running, pumping water, something like that, going different places. But, again, you, you can go online and you can buy all kinds of stuff that are run off 12 volts. Did, did you realize... Our nation was run on D.C. power, actually, in the beginning. All power was, was D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might go up in, in the attic of an old, old house, and you'll see two wires running down the uh, middle of the, of the attic, create big old wires because they're running D.C. up there, uh, sometimes 50 volts or 75 volts D.C., that's the way our country started out. And then they realized that it took too big a wire and they went to AC, which you can run more power over longer distances with smaller wires. So they went to AC. But it's kind of interesting how we're reverting back, you know, as, as you get back into solar. You, you can run. You have to have bigger wire, though. Okay, any questions? One. Yes. In reference to cost efficiency on the freezer unit, uh, typical AC unit, I understand, is about $20 a month to operate. What do you think it would cost for the um, DC unit to operate as opposed to AC per month? They are actually just beginning to make air conditioners, uh, uh, you know, in addition to refrigerators and freezers. They're just beginning to make DC air conditioners. It is a market. They're starting to do it. Uh, until that gets cost efficient, the best way to do it, uh, f- from my perspective, is you have run it off grid and you buy an extra heavy duty inverter and come out of your batteries. I do that. Come out of my batteries, have a 2000 watt ProSign Xantrax uh, inverter, which will run a window unit easily. And I have enough batteries that I can run a window unit all night with no problem. Now, that's really just going to cool one room. (laughs) That's the way we grew up. Mom and Dad's room was the only one that had AC. (laughs) Everybody else, we had a little fan. Remember the metal fans with the cages on them and went back and forth? And we had four boys in one room and we'd sneak in the middle of the night and turn the things so it would focus toward us, <laughs> you know. But anyway, that's the only way practical now. Now, I have read a few things. I, I saw one the other day cost $2,000 uh, that ran directly from a solar panel and was powering an, an AC unit. Um, and it ran a decent-sized room. 
But to me, I can beat the price on that by using a, an inverter and batteries. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, let me just, I'm glad you said that. Tax-wise, you get a 30% tax credit, not deduction, tax credit on anything you buy and utilize solar. I have taken a solar credit every year <laughs> since they started giving solar credits. Uh, so, you know, you spend $1,000 in solar, you can get $300 off your tax bill. So that helps. You know, all that. As long as they've got that tax credit, I believe in, hey, take advantage of every, every bit you can get. So I utilize as much as I can. Yes. convert the thing to natural gas if you have the capability of getting the natural gas. Okay. Uh, you can do it for about a hundred and a quarter. It's just a conversion piece that goes in the carburetor. Then you can run it off of natural gas, propane, or uh, gasoline, either one. Yeah. And chances are, you'll, with the gas lines and everything cut off as electricity-wise, you'll have gas for ages because uh, they're going to keep the they're going to keep the gas flowing. Okay. Uh, good idea. I'm glad you said that. As far as generators, a whole house generator is a great idea if you can afford it. Uh, you know, everybody understand what I mean by whole house generator? Uh, it, it, it kicks on. If the electricity goes out, boom, the ATS, the automatic transfer switch, it kicks in, kicks the whole house, and you power everything, and it's running on natural gas. They do make them. Uh, when I had my camp out in Uvalde, uh, before I sold it, I had it run on propane, natural whole house generator, but it was run on propane. A little hotter burning, a uh, little better production uh, on propane versus natural gas, but still a great way to go. For a whole house generator, 15 kW is going to cost about three to $4,000, uh, a little more if, it, if you need a bigger one. That's a great idea if you can afford it. Not everybody can afford one, but I think it's a great investment. Um, if, if you, if you can afford one, we have one at our house. Uh, plus I have a couple of the old crank and electric start generators that would be a backup if my whole house generator didn't, didn't, didn't go. Yes, Connie. gas down the road um i was so i was not here for most of what you covered and i really regret it um my encouragement and i'm sure you talked about this in in putting food aside i'm already losing food from when i started two years ago and i started buying the dried food that only requires the water and for a true emergency that is the way to go just invest um you can go to um Food International, Food for Health International, and they're having 50% off specials right now. You can also get it at Costco and online at Sam's. It's 20-year it's food. You don't have to worry about expiration dates. Yeah, we talked about that at the beginning, showed okay. a picture of the, uh, of the stuff that they have at Sam's. But we did encourage freeze-dried fruit. If you can get the 30, That's 60, uh, maybe even 90-day supply, that excellent way to go. Yeah. Okay. What was the name of the company that was running a sale? Foodforhealthinternational.com. Okay. Yeah, and, and you'll catch these companies. They'll run stuff on sale. Uh, that's a great idea. Um, yes, Jeremy. What's the brand name of the solar 
The brand name of the solar panel that you like. Uh, solar panel? Yes. Uh, those are... Um, mm, this particular one, I, I've got a lot of different brands. Uh, Amera World or is the brand of my big ones. I ha- the ones that I have on my house that are producing the, the power for the grid are twice this size. They're, they're about this wide and they're about this tall. Those are 250 watt. This is 100 watt. This is, uh, uh, this is Sun Electronics. They, they make a lot of brands. And you can see what I was talking about on the back. There's just a male and female plug. One, this is positive, this is negative, and they just, you know, you can plug them in, uh, and they just, you increase the voltage by plugging them in in series, or if you want to keep them and give them more power, you, you uh, plug them in in parallel uh, if you want them to have more power. So it, you can do a little research on that. It's not terribly difficult, but by putting them in series, you increase the voltage. And uh, if you want more power you want to keep it at 12 volts, then uh, you want to put them in parallel and uh, have a lot more power. Yes, Gus? How do, how, how do you attach them to your house? Uh, so <coughs> that they, okay. okay, the best the way, now, when I started out, I built some uh, frames out of pressure-treated tubifors because I started out. I don't do that anymore. I actually bought some aluminum rails uh, from a company called Pro Solar. Uh, the, there's a, there's a com on that thing in there. I buy all my solar equipment from them. They have the best prices by far of anybody else that I've, I've found. Uh, they know me by name when I call. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mr. Renee, how you doing, man? Uh, so they're courteous. They're, they deal with them. But they actually, uh, I, I buy them in rails, 136 inches long. Uh, it's got a little solar nut that slips in inside of a uh, thing that goes, slides in and out of there. And then you have some clamp, clamps that, that screw into that and then will clamp those uh, solar panels down. So you have a rail running parallel along your roof. And then you set those panels on there and you screw those clamps down and you can move those panels wherever you want them. And they butt right up against one another. Uh, it it's just lasts a lot longer because I kept having to replace my pressure-treated tubifors. <laughs> they just wouldn't last, you know, in the sun and the wind and everything. But these aluminum rails are a little more expensive, but uh, they last forever. And they're a lot stronger in a strong wind hurricane. Uh, they're going to hold up a whole lot better, a lot stronger. The next question is, how do you connect it to your house power? Call electrician. Call electrician, huh? <laughs> I do it myself, but I'm not going to come do it at your house, so call electrician. But believe me, it's not difficult. Call Troy Castile. He'll help you. Uh, any electrician, you know, it's so simple. You just run a 240-volt line out of a dedicated line and circuit out of your utility uh, uh, power panel. You come in, and it's on the inverter. It says 240 volts, got two hot legs and one neutral. And then you, you come in from your solar panel, positive and negative, uh, and you've got big plus and a minus. You stick up those and screw them in there. You're in business. 
Just that simple. Not, not difficult at all. I think I had another question, but I can't remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's all right. You know, I just want to say that if you get an electrical permit, you'll actually get an inspector to come out and make sure you don't burn your house down. Yeah, yeah. And you, you need to make sure you have permission from your electric company and, and it gets inspected, things like that. Um, and that's why I say actually be better to deal with an electrician, licensed electrician, because they're going to know what they're going to do. Uh, and, and you don't, like you say, burn your house down. It'd be a whole lot, a whole lot better. It is not difficult, though. But it would be best to get your codes and all that right. Yes, Mr. Cobb. How about the ones of us that have a metal roof? Say that again. We have metal roof on our house. Yeah. It'll work with that with a metal roof. It'll work great. No problem at all. You got the raised panels. Yes. Works great. Actually, if if there's a distance between the roof and the panel that lets air flow through there, it's more efficient. So if you put the rails on top of the raised part on the metal roof, it gives a greater distance of air, and it actually works better. I have solar panels on my metal roof in my shop in Texas and just screwed those rails right onto the, those uh, metal roof, and it works great. Does this increase your insurance? I don't know. Have to check it out with the file. <laughs> I don't have answers for insurance. I I, yeah. I don't know. I'd have to check with Sleeker. Thank you. To answer the question about insurance, I'm not yeah. in the insurance business, but <clears throat> I have been in the roofing business, and I asked that question to insurance agents in Homa. Good. And what they ask you to do is notify them that you're putting a solar system on your roof because you have to increase the coverage amount of your house. Huh. Because should you have a claim yeah. and not claim that, That's you true. will not have enough money to replace what you've done there. So if you've lost it. Yeah. So you should contact them so they can reassess what they're going to insure your house for. Yeah. If you don't do that, you may lose. Yeah, and that, that makes sense. If you put $10,000 value of something on your house, and then you didn't tell your insurance company, and then you had a claim that say, hey, we didn't know anything about your solar panels. So, yeah, need to let your insurance company know. They're just, everybody's just getting up to speed on figuring out all the solar stuff. Uh, and, and some of the answers are yet to be answered on that. I, I'm a great proponent of solar, um, but at the same time, you've you got to kind of learn about all this. Yes, uh, Mr. Pastor, this has been a, a great kind of an overview and a good starter thing, but one of the most important things is to get educated on stuff. And Say that again? Get educated. Uh, there's a survival blog written by a Christian survivalist, James Wesley Rowles, R-A-W-L-E-S, and he espouses many of the things that you talked about, and he also talks about storing up extra so that you can be a charitable yeah. Christian. And help people out in yeah. times of need. But he also talks about protection and all that. He has some great books. Um, one of it is How to Survive the End of the World as We Know It. it sounds kind of dramatic, but it's a, it's a very stepwise um, fashion to get you started. Yeah. And I do think, uh, Dr. Kimball, um, that 
information and just doing some research is a very wise thing. Um, if you're, if this is totally and completely um, kind of blowing your mind here, uh, please just slow down and don't freak out on me. Um, this is not as weird as you would think. Um, again, most of the world does not live like we do. Most of the world scrimps and saves and scratches every day for what they can eat that day. Few places in the world are like we are, that we can go down and buy whatever we want whenever we want it. We are in the extreme minority. And all I'm simply saying is be prepared in case that luxury, blessing, is not there. So you're not caught unafraid. And I showed the picture last week of the people who are all drowning. And my, my idea is I want to be one of those who are reaching out and helping. I don't want to be a hoarding, fearful Christian who's running out in the hills because I'm afraid. Because that's not me. I'm not afraid. But I want to be a Christian who is actively helping other people. Being a blessing, taking care of my family, but trying to help other people too. And if I'm struggling personally, then there's no way I can help anybody else. So to me, all this talk about preparation, it is um, wise. If you would educate yourself, like you said, read some books. There's thousands of things on the Internet. Uh, talking about this. Some go overboard. Some are doomsday people. Uh, But just because that's the way they are doesn't mean that's the way you have to look at this. Look at this in a practical viewpoint. As a Christian, you want to be prepared, be a prudent person, be prepared, and be prepared to take care of your family and be a blessing to others around you. And, and, And look at it that way. So I know we're over an hour here. I didn't think this would take an hour. Uh, We can have another meeting like this uh, at a later point. Um, We can get some more information and maybe be a little more prepared. Um, And as we get closer to the election, depending upon how things go, uh, there may be more interest. (laughs) We may have this place filled up uh, if, if, if things get bad. You had one another question, Larry? I was just, I was just thinking, uh, as far as hurricane, the likeliness of hurricane damage with these solar panels. We were talking about insurance, and it just made me wonder, with the hurricanes that have passed through, you've been doing these solar panels for so long. Have you had any issues with strong winds, you know, removing panels, that sort of thing? Is it, is it pretty reliable? Well, I'll tell you, mine held up with my pressure-treated tube before. It held up and Gustav. I lost one little tiny panel, but that was because I didn't have it tied down. I'd forgotten to tie down. I lost my whole, I lost every shingle on both roofs for Gustav. Well, if you lose your whole roof, yeah, you'll lose your solar panels. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing you can do about that. Not the plywood. Uh, If your whole roof goes, your panels are gone too. And that's where it'd be good to make sure your your insurance company knows about it. So I'd like for uh, yeah one more thing. We're going to wrap this thing up here. I had a question. 
in my travel, sometimes you see houses that have their solar panels on independent structures as opposed to putting them on the roof. Is there any benefit to that? And what is the warranty on panels in the event you make the investment? Most, most of the warranties are 10 years. Uh, some of them will go 20 years. But like I said, it's, it's pretty good, pretty good bet because uh, they, they, they just last forever. There's very, very low chance of them going out. The biggest thing would be hail or lightning or excessive wind might blow them off. But other than that, they're not, they're going to keep going. Barry? You know, to make, make sure we, you know, we give to others like planting, uh, like in the kingdom of God, you know, it says Isaac sowed in a year of famine and, and right. reaped a hundredfold during that famine. So if we would hit like a major famine, you know, one of the things we, we have to make sure that we were givers, you know, yeah. like this would be the time to be Amen. givers for the kingdom of God so yeah. that, you know, yeah, we can receive a harvest. In difficult it. times, the principles of the Bible don't go away. We still want to be sharers and givers and people who help. So keep that in mind as you're putting things aside. And there's a huge difference between somebody coming and says, I'm hungry, would you help me? I think we're under Christian obligation to help versus them breaking in. That's a whole other matter. But we need to be sharers and givers, absolutely. I just want to encourage everybody that if you're afraid, if you're scared, you know, we have promises and we can begin to pray now and yeah. begin to ask the Lord to help us. Now, when we do face that day, whatever it is that we're going to face, that God will prepare us Amen. and get those promises deep in our heart. Yeah. And I think that's what I've been doing because I want to be able to help other people who are afraid. Right. You know, but if there's 10 people freaking out and you're, only, you're by yourself, right. you, it's hard. So all of us need to get ready, get our spirit ready, get our heart ready, being in prayer doing that warfare now, casting down the strongholds that is in our mind, which is a spirit of fear that wants to come and control us. Uh, The Holy Ghost is with us and for us. Amen. And he's going to see us through this. And I think a key thing, let's don't be afraid. Just be wise, smart, and prepare. And, and, And prepare, and I've said this before, prepare yourself spiritually is your greatest thing. But what do you think about having cash on hand? Because if something drastic happens, they'll probably close the banks. They'll be a run on the banks. and then But then you're getting in danger of getting robbed, you know, and, but, but it, and, and having metals, gold and silver, in case a, a system fails, a, a currency fails. Well, again, I you know, I don't put a lot of stock or, or trust in the, Stock market right now, um, and and I do know that, in, at least in hurricane, you had to have cash or you couldn't buy anything. So having some cash is, is a wise idea. Everybody will have to kind of ask their own heart about what they want to do as far as gold, silver, or anything like that. that that's kind of a personal decision that you would want to do. Uh, I just, I don't trust in the stock market right now. I just think it's too too scary right now. So um, anyway, 
Everybody pray about that. Yes, Heidi. Hey, um, a good thing would be to educate ourselves on um, natural remedies for like yep. colds and stuff like that. Because I know honey is good for allergies, coughs, or whatever. Essential oils. Uh, yeah. You know, we have a lot of ladies that are into the essential oils. They're excellent, and we need to know how to take care of ourselves, live healthy, uh, work healthy, and and you know, like say home remedies, because. Uh, you know, we the healthcare system that we have may not be there. They may lock us out. But this is where we trust in God, believe for our healing, and learn to take care of ourselves. Okay, we're going to wrap this up. What's that? You're getting worried. Oh Lord, have mercy. My wife's word. We are bad shape. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, you know our heart. And you know my heart, Lord. My heart is to be honorable to you. And, Lord, no fear here. We don't walk in fear. Lord, we want to walk in wisdom. And we want to be givers and sharers and helpers. We want to be a blessing to those around us. And help us, Lord, to be in a situation where we can be a blessing to others around us. And give us information, insight, each individual, what we need to do. But, Lord, help us not to walk in fear because we're not going to be fearful. Instead, we trust in you, Almighty God, to be our source, our supply, and our protection. We bless the name of the Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen.